Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to episode number 316 of the Peristyle Podcast. Today is April 14th, 2014. we got a big show for you this week, one day before tax day, so make sure you send in your taxes if you haven't done it yet. You only got 24 hours or so to do that. Uh, but big show this week. we got Dan Weber coming on, Coach Harvey Hyde in the first segment, talking about USC football. One week of spring football left, so we got a lot to get to on that. Some of the position battles and all that stuff. If you have any questions or comments, we love to hear from you. Podcast at uscfootball.com. That's our email address, or you can call us, 206-888-6755 is the voicemail number. Leave us a brief voicemail there. We'll get to it on the show, or you can go to peristylepodcast.com, which is our website, and leave a voicemail right on the left side of the page. So lots of ways to get a hold of us. We appreciate when you talk to us. So let's jump right in with Coach Harvey Hyde, who's uh, en, route to, en route to a uh, secret meeting somewhere. What's going on, Coach? How are you doing? Well, I'm on the 210 headed east, going through right now uh, Rancho Cucamonga. I just got to make sure I don't get on the 15 and go to Vegas talking to you. So <laughs> I don't want to go to Vegas. I want to go fast. So, buddy, everything is great. I'm looking forward to a great uh, podcast with you. We saw each other on Saturday out at the USC practice. Uh, the weather's getting fine. What else can you say? Yeah, it's a great. It's warming up here. I don't know if we're getting Santa Ana winds or whatever, but it's getting warm here in Southern California. I saw that a lot of parts of the country are not so warm, so I apologize to all of you out there that aren't, but we're going to have beautiful weather here, which is great. And just wanted to thank uh, our sponsor, Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com. That's the website, or you can call them at 1-800-888-7287. If you need tickets for anything, we got hockey playoffs coming up, baseball season getting in full swing. There's already interleague play, which is kind of crazy. Basketball season winding down. There'll be some playoffs in L.A. for the Clippers. Of course, not for the Lakers, but there are Clipper games out there you can get to if you want. Or anywhere across the country, go to sctickets.com, and they will hook you up. And uh, Coach, yeah, I wanted to, to kind of get your thoughts on what you saw out there on Saturday. I know you, uh, you weren't planning on coming to the practice at first, but then uh, some things changed. You were able to make it out there. Everything worked out great. Uh, I wish I could have gone to the Arcadia Invitational and watched uh, Randall Cunningham's uh, children jump. Uh, his daughter uh, tied and broke, or actually broke uh, the Arcadia Invitational high jump record. She's a sophomore. She went 6-2. And Randall, too, who's already signed the letter of intent at USC, went 7 foot. So they had a great trip down here, but... Uh, they jumped uh, at a different time where I couldn't make a choice where I had to be, so I went to the uh, USC scrimmage or practice on Saturday. And uh, when you asked me what I saw, what I saw was a lot of coaches out there from the coaches' clinic. I thought it was fantastic to see that number out there of high school and junior college coaches, a lot of people I recognized. Uh, I thought that was great to be able to have people back watching the practice also saw some other parents and other people out there. Uh, the enthusiasm, again, is back. It's not like people are uh, 
asking the type of questions that were asked before when they talked to me. It's a different type of attitude. It's more about who do you like at this position or that position? Who do you think had a great spring? Uh, it isn't the what do you think of this and what do you think of that type of attitude. Uh, it's like they're having fun. Uh, the parents, the kids, uh, everyone knows. Victor Blackwell's dad was there, and I said, hey, what a great day he's having. He sort of clapped his hand. He said, almost got in the plane type of position. and said, that is tremendous. I said, tell him to keep it up. So that's what I saw. I saw a lot of enthusiasm, and then we'll get into the details of it in a moment. Yeah, no, the enthusiasm was good, Coach. And then also you talk about former players coming out. We're seeing more and more of them. Uh, you know, People might remember Mike Salmon and Greg Gibson. Uh, Matt Johnson, who played back in the uh, uh, Marcus Allen days and was uh, teammates with Tim McDonald, they were both you know secondary players, and they were, you know he was best friends with Sean Salisbury. He's now the co-head coach at Edison High School up in Fresno. I saw him down there. I've seen him around a lot lately, but big Trojan fan. They're all talking. You talk to these guys, and they seem fired up now. They, I don't know if they were really all that happy the last few years with what the team was doing or – the way they were treated, I guess you could say, but now um, they just seem really excited about stuff. And uh, so th- even the former players, coach, are fired up. I agree with you, Ryan. And another thing I really enjoyed seeing Saturday was Greg Townsend on the field, number 93. Also, J.R. Tavai, they missed, uh, well, most of the spring drills they've missed, but to see that type of talent back on the field and the potential that Townsend has uh, is unlimited once he decides he wants to play the game and like the game. I know his dad loved the game, but he's got to learn to like the game and go out there. I think he brings a lot of added depth to the defensive line for USC and uh, J.R. Savar. I don't have to tell you what that football player he is. I think he probably is the best one-on-one tackler on the field uh, as far as with USC defense. And what I mean by that, if you're in space, and it's you and the other guy carrying the ball. Jr. doesn't miss the tackle. You've seen that time at a time uh, again last year on screen passes and swing passes, and that's what you call a football player. He certainly is. Uh, Miracosta High School, right here in the South Bay. So uh, good, good job, Jr. <laughs> Jr. Savai, nice job. Uh, yeah, he's it, him coming back has been a big help. But it's weird, Coach, when you look over at the defense and you don't see a. Uh, a Leonard Williams, and you don't see a Sua Cravens. You don't see a Josh Shaw. But the group overall is still playing pretty well without some of the biggest names on the roster being out there. I agree with you there. Uh, we, that was one of my comments uh, I had to mention. Uh, when you have those type of players watching and you see the talent taking their place and they're really actually good enough to play and they've really improved, like Seymour and Hawkins and and some of these other players, how much they've improved because they've been able to have reps. I think it's been absolutely fantastic. And Lamar wasn't out there. And, and, you know, these other players now, Lamar needed to be out there, but he'll be back in the fall. And then two players on the offensive side of the football that are getting a lot of reps are Rodgers and Lobaton. I, I think those two guys have improved a lot this spring. And Walker and Simmons, when they come back in the fall, uh, right now, I'd have them on the depth chart as number two or three because they haven't learned to play at this pace. Uh, I don't know what type of condition they're in. And I like Willowbaton at the left guard. I really think that is going to be his home right now. It is his home. And uh, I, I think Rodgers has really improved. 
So uh, I don't think those guys are going to come back, even though, you know, uh, Walker has experience, but he's got to demonstrate that he can play at that pace of football that they're playing now. Yeah, the pace is something that's different. So the guys that are out this spring don't really get to experience that. So I think it's even more of a leg up, like you said, Coach. Um, you mentioned on the offensive line. What have you, what have you thought about the way Max Turek's playing at center and, and just overall in the offensive line in general, what they've been doing? Well, you know, uh, the combination they had out there Saturday, I think right now is the best combination. I really do. Uh, Banner. Uh, at right tackle, and then you've got Rogers and Turk, and then you've got Lopadon, and then you've got Wheeler. Wheeler's got experience. I think during uh, this next period of two months or three months before the football season comes, I think he's got to really get himself uh, a little bit more powerful and physical, but he's got that game experience, which is you can't replace game experience, as we talked about Cody Kessler and the rest of them. And I apologize for that call waiting to coming in, but uh, <laughs> I can't deal with that here on the freeway. But <laughs> I think that uh, I can't put you on hold otherwise, uh, Brian, or other uh, for you all, your listeners. So, uh, again, uh, uh, I just think that uh, what were you have talking about? Oh, I the, got offensive, the offensive line, coaches. We didn't even hear the call yeah. waiting, so don't worry about it. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think we reviewed that offensive line. The tight end, you know, you yeah, I think the tight ends have done a good job out there. Uh, Wilson, this kid has stepped up and played. Uh, I think Fitzpatrick uh, had an opportunity to get better and get some turns. I think Telford, when he gets back, has got to get ready to play and and uh, make up for the time that he hasn't been out there. And uh, two positions, uh, I'm not sure what the fullbacks are going to do. I'm not sure what Manuku is going to do. I don't see him doing much, but as I told you earlier, he would be my special teams captain. I think he can contribute a lot to the team through his attitude and leadership, but I haven't seen him really be a part of the offensive part of the game. You mentioned so Vanuku, so let's jump into a question we got from James. He said, there are some really good athletes who are probably not going to play very much. Why don't they think about converting some of those athletes to other positions? So Vanuku is about 260 pounds, been timed at the 40 at 4.5 or under. Sark doesn't really use a fullback too much. Why not try that guy at linebacker? He's great on special teams. And the other running back, James Tolan, he sounds like a great athlete, too. He's talking about the walk-on. Uh, but, he, but he's, too, never going to get to play much. You have Allen, Madden, Davis, Isaac, and even D.J. Morgan, not to mention Pinner and Vanuku, who can also play tailback. Why not see if he can play corner or safety? So that's from James. Want to know about position changes. Well, you know, you want to get your players on the field. You want to get them on where you get them in a position to give you depth, you know, on the offensive and defensive side of the football. I'm sure Vanuku could play a linebacker, especially in the middle. I think he's more of the middle type of backer. You've got in the middle now, Pollard and Hutchington. Uh, I think Vanuku could be good in there, too, a more physical type of back, especially if you're finding teams running the blast at you. You don't see the blast much anymore with the fullback leading out of the eye, small ball of a read, the active offense you're seeing in the running game. But uh, he would be a great guy to step up and take on a fullback. I'm going to tell you that right now. Or punch a center. Uh, he's got he's a great athlete. He's got a lot of pride. And, uh, yeah, you want him on your field. That's why he would be on all of my special teams. Every single special team uh, I had on the field, Vanuku would be out there. I agree with that 100%. And not only with Vanuku, but all players. You want your, all your players, the best players, on the field and, 
and equaling out your depth chart. Um, Melvin had a question on the offensive line since we were just talking about that. Coach Harvey Hyde said, quote, if there's a weak point on the team this spring, it's the offensive line. Uh, well, if the offensive line is a weak point once the season starts, does a hurry-up-slash-no-huddle offense help a weak line and hide some of the weak points, or does it really highlight the weaknesses of the line? What do you think? Well, I think you've got to bring your offensive line along. If it's a young line, you might be looking at some help possibly Davis or some of the or mama or somebody coming in as the freshman. These guys have got to step up and these guys have got to play. If it just comes to be that, you know, your athletes have got to step up and if they're young, they got to mature and they got to be ready to play. As the season goes along, you hope they improve. It's just that you don't have a combination yet of players that have played a lot. You have the Fresno State game to uh, get ready for it. But the second game of the year, you're going to go against one of the best front lines in the country in Stanford. Uh, they're smash mouth. Uh, they're going to step up. They're going to take you on. They're going to try to take away all the lanes, do anything they have to do uh, to beat you. So can you get them tough enough? Can you get them ready to play for the second game of the year against Stanford? I think that's the key. Uh, but, again, you've got to keep your defense off balance with your offense, your skilled players, and your passing game. And what you do well, you've got to do things to assist your offensive line as far as the draws and screens and quick screens and different things that uh, that take away the ability of a defensive front to pound you and beat you physically. And I think that uh, I hope that Coach Sarkeesian will do that type of stuff to let your young players grow up. So I think the young players will grow up and they have to grow up in a hurry and that's just part of football. Your areas you need to work on, you've got to work on a lot. The areas you're good at, you take advantage of, whether it's offensively or defensively. So I think that's part of what you're doing when you're a coach and a teacher. Um, well, let's the, round out the offense, I guess, with the uh, quarterback position, Coach. And it seems like if you watch, Cody Kessler's getting most of the first-team reps, and uh, but there's still not been an announcement yet. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian said he has to – let it marinate a little bit. He's, he's trying to figure out what you know, what he wants to do, what he really wants to know before he makes a decision. He thought it was going to be before the spring game, which is on Saturday. Uh, but you know, he said anything can happen. I don't know what you expect. Uh, him, maybe when when you expect him to say something, and what do you expect him to say when he does talk about the quarterbacks? Well, I don't know when he's going to say it. Like he said on Saturday with his post uh, scrimmage interview, you know, there's no rush. He'll do it when he has the gut feeling to do it, and that's when you do it, when you when you really feel you're satisfied and your coaches are satisfied and the team is satisfied. Remember, you've got to make sure you do the right thing for the team. Uh, Max Brown, Green, the, the offensive-defensive players, they know who the best quarterback is, too. They've been evaluating the quarterback the entire spring. It's not just the Steve Sarkeesian. You've been evaluating the quarterback this spring. I've been evaluating the quarterback this spring. We all have an opinion, but, again, you've got to make sure when you do that because you've got a backup quarterback or a couple of quarterbacks, I think Green is getting better every practice, that uh, are pretty good players. Max Brown's a damn good player. Uh, uh, so, you know, you want to make sure that you give him all the looks that are necessary and you consider him as you should as far as uh, in your evaluation period. So... Uh, He'll make the decision, and the decision will be right. And if you ask Max, 
you'll agree or don't agree, but you want to make sure that it's a unanimous decision by your team, your coaches, and the quarterbacks themselves. But you don't want a player feeling, oh, man, I got screwed. You, you don't want that. You want somebody to say, hey, you know what? That was the right decision. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking it's going to happen sometime this week. Well, we'll be, we'll be out of practice, try to listen to what he has to say and uh, seeing what's going on there. But if it was anyone besides Cody Kessler, I definitely would be shocked. But uh, who knows? Crazy, crazier things have happened, Coach. Sometimes players, I mean, coaches want to go with a freshman just to get young blood in there. Who knows? Well, I don't know. I'm not going to say that's going to happen. But I'm going to say I've said it all spring. I think Cody Kessler right now is the best quarterback because of his ability to lead, because of his experience that he's had started as a freshman. They won 10 football games. Who's to say they're going to win 10 football games this next year? I wouldn't bet on that. That's a lot of uh, wins. So uh, he's had game experience. Uh, he has leadership for the team. I think Max uh, Brown is a, a great player, a great backup right now, and I think that's the way I would go, but I'm not the one making the decision. But again, I think the team would go with that type of decision, too. Um, well, you, we started to talk about the defensive line a little bit. You mentioned J.R. Tavai and some of those guys. But what, what have you seen out of them? I mean, Delvon Simmons came back on Saturday, so he was around. Greg Townsend, like you mentioned. Um, Leonard Williams not being in there is a big deal. But what have you seen so far from the defensive line? Well, I think it's uh, really improved. I think the two new players they brought in really have helped. Helen and uh, Simmons, I, I really do. I think Kellen has moved forward. Uh, uh, I think he's progressing at a, at a nice point as far as improvement and getting used to D1 football, which is not an easy level to play. There's a different level between junior college and uh, D1 level. Not D1 level at, at some of the smaller schools, but D1 level in the Pac-12 in USC. I think Simmons, I'm expecting him to improve more. I think he's gotten better during the spring. I think his conditioning has gotten better during the spring spring, but I expect him to step up to another level. I think if he can step up another level uh, with the remainder of the spring and in the fall with Williams and the depth that they have, I think it, it could be really a nice defensive front. You mentioned those two players. Woods has had a great spring. He's been a leader out there. Townsend's back. You've got other backup players, too, uh, that should really contribute, contribute. But you've got a nice rotation in there. And you've got to make sure that they continually improve uh, with their conditioning and also with their techniques. And uh, I think that those two I mentioned, I'd like to see him move up another step. And again, Leonard Williams, you know, he's got to work on his conditioning too now. Now he has it; he's out there and he's a cheerleader, and he doesn't have to prove anything. Believe me. But again, to get back at the level of conditioning and playing at the pace that they're playing now, and playing at the pace they're going to have to play at. That's going to be a different level for him, too. Yeah, you mentioned conditioning a number of times. With the new scheme, is that a really big deal, you think, for the defensive linemen? You know, maybe the offensive defensive linemen more than anyone else? There's no question about it because they're bigger and heavier. And whenever you have, you're bigger and you're heavier, you have more weight to carry around. And you've got to go hard on every play. Not that everybody doesn't go hard on every play, but if you weigh 300 pounds and the other guy weighs 175 pounds, it just makes sense that uh, it's harder for me to play at 100% continuously because of the size of my body and, and uh, what I have to do. Because I have a car wreck every play. A lot of positions don't have a car wreck every play. 
every single play that the defensive lineman and offensive lineman play is a car wreck. So, uh, yes, I, I think that uh, it's harder for the defensive line and offensive line to condition, and, and I think that all members have to be conditioned, don't get me wrong, but it's a whole different type of conditioning. Okay. Uh, well, it's defensive line. Maybe we can uh, chat about the linebackers a little bit. Peter Serban comes in there, new linebacker coach. Seems like he's firing everybody up. Um, what, what do you think about what you've seen from the linebackers? You mentioned no Lamar Dawson right now, but with the guys that are there, what do you think? Well, you know, uh, I like what's going on out there. I think they're really working hard. Uh, one thing I like is the way they're stepping up on the run. You know, and that's one thing the offense has not been able to do. I don't think they've been able to establish a real running game this spring. I mean, I don't want to be negative, but uh, I don't see Steve Sarkeesian. I know they do not have his best backs out there, but uh, he, 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 he likes to throw the ball a little bit more than he likes to run the ball this spring. Tolan, James Tolan, he's done a great job. I think Madden, Madden does a great job. You know, Tolan would be a scholarship player anywhere else in the Pac-12. I'm going to tell you that right now. How they got him to walk on at USC is absolutely amazing. You put him in the Mountain West Conference, he's all conference. I mean, that <laughs> kid is really a great player. So congratulations to him to have the guts to come in from NDO and walk on and, and uh, be, a, be a, a walk on and contribute like he has. Uh, but, you know, uh, I just think that uh, well, we, oh, linebackers, the linebackers, I think they've really matured. I really do. I think they're getting better. I think they want to play. Uh, they're having fun. But Powell is contributing. I, he really can run. Ferraro is bigger. I noticed that Saturday. I think he's really gotten bigger and stronger than before. Uh, I like Hutchings. I think he's matured. He acts like a, a senior now. Last year he was a freshman and wasn't quite sure what to expect and what the heck's going on around here. Uh, and Pollard, what can I say about Pollard? Uh, Pollard came back. He played. You got to take, give him credit for that. He's a great player. He's going to be a great player for Pollard. Uh, I think uh, Ruffin's had a good spring. I think uh, uh, what's the kid's name? The outside linebacker, forty-seven. Uh, help me out. Oh, Scott Starr. Starr. He's he's Starr. actually yeah. yeah he's... I think Scott has had a great spring. I, I, I and I don't want to forget any linebackers, but. I think the linebackers have have had a good spring, and they're going to have a couple of outside linebackers coming in in the fall. When you add the group that's coming in along with the group that currently is at SC, it's going to be a whole different deal when you get back the injured players and you get back uh, and, and you get in these young players. I think you're going to have a group of real great athletes. And as I told you, and I'll tell you again, and I'll tell all the listeners again, if you take the FC roster, I wouldn't exchange that roster with any team in the conference. I, I just keep telling you that. And and it, it shows when these guys are all ready to play. So, uh, And if you ask any coach in the conference, if you had a lottery and you had all through all the schools' names in there and the coaches would pull it out, they'd all take USC's roster. Uh, so, you know, you can talk about where we're down 10 scholarships and this and that, but it's not down 10 at the scholarship players you have. I mean, I, I, I want to have the, the, the 75 scholarship players USC has. That's some of the walk-ons, like four, like you mentioned, that USC has. I mean, these are players. Uh, I mean, these guys can walk on and they play at other schools. Uh, I'm not saying that, uh, that uh, they're not good enough to play at USC, but they will play and they will contribute, as they're doing currently right now. 
So, uh, uh, yeah, I think everything's going to be good. Um, and then I guess the last we could talk about the secondary a little bit. No Cravens, no Shaw, no Davion Shelton. Uh, but what have you seen so far out of those guys? I like the secondary. I really do. I, I think that's the most improved area uh, on the field currently right now. I think Hawkins has stepped up. You know, nobody even talked about Hawkins. Who talked about Hawkins being a corner? Right now he's currently starting. Seymour, boy, is he a different player. He's the, he has started the spring as good as he ended the fall or the spring or fall season last year, and he's really gotten better. He's probably got more picks, and I don't keep stats, you guys do, than anybody in the spring so far. What do I have to say about Craven? Craven. Uh, what do I have to say about McCray? He's going to be a great safety. He's a ball hawk. You got that ball hawk back there, guys that can go and intercept the ball. You got your free safety has got to be able to intercept passes and help the corners deep and all the different things, and I think they have that type of athlete now in the secondary, not to mention, you know, Jackson or mention everybody else that's coming in, Juju Smith, I don't know what side of the ball he's going to play on, and the depth that they have currently in the secondary. I think they have more depth right now in the secondary than than they've had before. Players who started in the past, you don't even hear them talk about them. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're good players, but they're not getting the same type of raves that other players are getting, and, and but they're good players. So, uh, you know, uh, I think the secondary will be good. I like the way they're playing. I like the way they're tackling. Uh, they're covering well. But as I said, and I'll say it again, this doesn't mean they're going to win 10 games next year because the Pac-12 is really good. All right, Coach. Well, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on the show and uh, sharing all your insights. Um and thank you for doing the car. I know you're, you're a busy man, but uh, thanks for uh, cor- car- carving out some time for us today. Well, I don't carve out any time for you, Ryan. I, just, I like doing the podcast and giving people my opinion, and it helps me get where I'm going. And, uh, again, uh, I want to tell everybody uh, maybe they'll all get out to the spring uh, game. Now, a lot of people have asked, why is it at 3 o'clock? Why is it at 3 o'clock? And I think uh, people should realize it's at 3 o'clock because of Pac-12, the Pac-12 network. The game is not going to be broadcast on ESPN, the spring game, as we've done in the past. So uh, you're going to have to, if you don't get out to the Coliseum, uh, you know, uh, you'll be able to watch it on the Pac-12 network if anybody gets it. So uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that, right? It's not going to be on the Pac-12 network either, though, right? I didn't think it would be. Not? Oh, maybe. Could it be? Okay, maybe it is. I I, I really don't don't know. know. I don't know either. I assume that, but someone told me that. I mean, but I'm not a, I'm not the TV guy, you know. Yeah, no, I'm, either am I. We'll we'll figure it out. Someone out there knows. I I just don't. Uh, well, we always go, so it doesn't really matter to me what was. No, no, no. <laughs> we're always there. That's anyway. right. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. I just wish that we were able to broadcast it, but I love broadcasting it because it makes me more feel, you know, it makes me more uh, more focused. Uh, and uh, I, I like becoming aware of the players and what they're doing. Cool. All right. Well, Coach, thanks again, and we'll figure out what's going on with you know with uh, the uh, spring game if it's going to be broadcast or not. So, thanks again, Coach, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. And thank you, and thank you, everyone out there, for being a part of our show. All right. Have a great week. Yeah. Thanks again, Coach. And okay, back in thirty seconds with Dan Weber. Meet us on the other side of the break for more of the Peristyle Podcast. 
Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. We now return to the Peristyle Podcast and your host, Ryan Abraham. We are back here on the Peristyle Podcast. we got Dan Weber joining the line, and he knows where the USC spring game will be broadcast. So, Dan, maybe you can share that. I was, I was confused about that. Yeah, I think the uh, deal has been that uh, uh, the Pac-12 Network wants to uh, air all uh, spring games. So, from my understanding is there are three early games on this coming Saturday. I'm not even sure which ones they are. I think I saw Arizona and Stanford last weekend. But then uh, uh, USC is one of the reasons the game is later than normal uh, coming on at three is that uh, it'll be by itself on the Pac-12 network. So uh, for those of you who can get it, uh, actually worthwhile. I I watched a little bit of uh, both uh, Stanford and uh, Arizona last week, and it's a really nice way to – kind of, you know, catch up on the league. So uh, so that's the deal Saturday. Okay, good. So I just want to make sure. I uh, We were talking about it on the, the previous segment, and I I didn't know. They're not doing it on ESPN Radio like they have in the past, but I guess part of the reason is because they're going to do it on the Pac-12 network. Yeah, I mean, I think it went over pretty well last year with the Pac-12 doing all the games. And, uh, you know, they've jumped on it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I don't blame them. I mean, it's the one – you know, place where they really have a captive, uh, you know, audience and they have a captive, uh, you know, game, uh, and, uh, they've got all the games. So, uh, that's a good way to go for the Pac-12. So if you've got it, it's, uh, it's actually worth watching. I, uh, I was, I was impressed, for example, last week, uh, watching Arizona. They've got like, they've got like seven quarterbacks, but, uh, you know, they kept running them in there and you got to see, for example, the new stadium at Arizona, all the things they've done with their stadium, and it looks really good. So, uh, uh, you know, and then you saw with Stanford, you saw, you know, they're a work in progress. They've got a, lot of, a long way to go in, in a lot of ways. One other game that was on last weekend, not on the Pac-12 uh, for spring games, was Ohio State. And, man, when you, you know, I know people at USC think, gosh, we don't have enough players or whatever. Ohio State really doesn't have enough players i mean they are uh they're struggling uh in terms of bodies you know without a, a top running back and without their quarterback and kids weren't ready to play and they're talking about how we've got our offensive line and we won't know much about it until we get the freshmen in uh in the fall and i'm thinking whoa there you know they had sixty-one thousand, you know people there for a 17-7 game, but uh, but USC is not the only place. Uh, if you just you know looked at the games, USC looks like they're a whole lot farther ahead in spring than uh, say in Ohio State. So just for uh, some perspective there. Yeah, one week left of USC spring football, so we'll uh, pay attention to the last three practices here and want to get to some of these questions, Dan. There's a here's a voicemail question. I like this one, nice and short. So if you leave a voicemail question, do it like this. Here you go. What's going on, guys? This is Randall in Dallas, and my question is for Coach High or Dan. Out of Khalil and Tor, who do you believe has the better chance of starting on the offensive line this year? Thank you, and fight on. 
good question. Right now, both of them are. Uh, I think that's the, that was the answer that uh, uh, and Randall in Dallas. That's uh, thanks for the question. Uh, but uh, I think somebody asked out of Sark Saturday between Jail uh, uh, Bowman and Leon McClay, and he said, uh, you know, right now both of them will start at safety because Sue is still a little bit, uh, you know, gimpy. And uh, I think we could say that about those two. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, some of that might be. Uh, Toa looks like a natural, but he's also, you know, he still uh, can go to his high school prom this uh, this spring. So, uh, uh, you know, for kids like that, they've got to fill out. They've got to, uh, you know, and he's been asked to do a lot of things between uh, center and guard. Uh, and when when we get, you know, if Andre gets back, if Jordan Simmons gets back, if we see those guys, uh, we haven't seen them in action this spring, although Jordan was telling us the other day, Coming slowly, his knee, um, his left knee surgery, but um, he expects to be back in August and uh, wouldn't tell us how much he weighs. But uh, he said they're running him. Uh, he's getting up to date on on the. He said the walkthroughs, uh, you know, three days a week, are wonderful for the guys that aren't able to practice because they really do get to go through all the plays. And he's uh, been exclusively at left guard, which would mean Andre. Uh, obviously, we would think is going to stay at right guard. Uh, so, uh, I would say right now, I would say even, even Stephen, but between the two, if you have to make a pick, uh, uh, the redshirt freshman, you would probably pick over, you know, the, the true freshman, but uh, not for any reason that that we, you know, that we notice out there. Obviously, I think both of them have had pretty pretty decent springs. All right, uh, let's go. Gene in, in Orange County had a question for you, Dan. Uh, he said, hey, Ryan, love the podcast. With all the coaches' talk of up-tempo and conditioning, with spring camp almost over, will the players lose that conditioning before the start of the season? I know they will be working out there on their own, but probably not the intensity of the coaches uh, with the coaches pushing them. That's Gene in Orange County. Gene, I think the, the, the thing that has happened here is they have set the tempo. I think they did a good job with Ivan Lewis in terms of uh, his introduction of the, uh, the weight in the, the conditioning program and its importance, and I think in the winter. For the kids who didn't maybe get it, they paid the price right away in practice. I think they all get it now. Now, whether they all can do it between now and uh, you know, through the summer, we'll see. Uh, but I don't think there's any question – the kids believe in it. They, they, I mean, they believe that they are going to have an advantage uh, running this system and running this many plays and running, running with this kind of a tempo. And uh, I think, even, you know, the offense and the defense, they both believe in it. So now you've, you've, you've won that battle, I think, with the kids. They, they absolutely believe this is the way to go. This is the right way to go. This is the logical progression from last year and, and how they picked up after the first five games. Uh, so I don't think there's any convincing that needs to be done. I think there's a lot of leadership. Uh, a lot of guys have emerged, uh, you know, the Antoine Woods, uh, the Buck Allens, for example. I mean, just the running backs alone are working so hard that uh, it's hard. it would be hard to slack off. And I think one of the differences in the offensive line is uh, you will have enough guys to be competing in most spots, uh, which has been a problem the last couple of years. If you've only got, you know, five or six deep, uh, you really 
you know, don't have a feeling that you're going to get pushed no matter what kind of, you know, shape you're in. So, uh, so while there might be a natural fall off, I think the fact that they really understand how important it is to be able to go, uh, you know, 120 plays in practice uh, is going to determine, uh, you know, in a lot of cases who's going to play. So I'm not, I don't think they're as worried about it uh, as you might uh, think. All right, uh, let's go. Tarek has a question. He said, last year, Chad Wheeler performed adequately, but he was a liability in pass protection. Has he gotten uh, bigger, and somehow has he proved this offseason, as Sark mentioned, him as one that's having a great spring? What do you think of Chad Wheeler? Well, I think Sark also had the right answer there. He said, uh, for offensive linemen, if you don't mention their name, they're probably doing a good job. Uh, And I think that's kind of in the case with – with uh, Chad Wheeler and Max Turk, uh, other than for the uh, the snapping uh, and his, you know snapping the ball at center, but uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Chad is uh, a lot of that was know how. A lot of that was out. Uh, how do you uh, how do you handle yourself over there? And I think teams are going to have less ability to. Uh, to cause trouble against the pass game just because the quarterback, you know, they're moving, the, the pocket is moving. They've, uh, they'll run that, uh, you know, fake, uh, or read, uh, you know, uh, play first. And that's going to hold people up a little bit. So I think they're giving the, uh, the offensive lineman a little more help. The wider splits, uh, are going to force the defense to be out a little bit wider. So, I don't think there's going to be quite the um, uh, the negative, you know, consequences uh, on the line of scrimmage. And yeah, you know, he. I think one of the issues, you know, Chad was, you know, the only six foot seven, and that's a, you know, big, big, long body to uh, you know maneuver in space. So I think uh, he'll have more, I think, ability to take people on the long route, you know, which you know, and redirecting them away from the quarterback this year. Whereas last year, you know, uh, you would see teams take that inside, you know, blitz, inside stunt, and try to, you know, beat them to the spot a little bit. And uh, I don't think, I don't think that'll be the case. So I think, uh, I think they're pretty pleased with with what Chad's doing uh, this spring. Uh, let's go to Terry, and he had a question. Can you tell us, as of right now, which linebackers appear to be positioning uh, for the strong side, weak side, and middle linebacker uh, starting position? Well, Hayes in the middle. I mean, I don't think there's, there's, you know, there's no no question about Hayes, and and with Lamar Dawson not there, we've you know seen uh, you know Anthony Sorrell most of most of the time, uh, and then uh, uh, at, at Sam you've got uh, you know the combo of uh, you know Quentin Powell, <clears throat> who uh, probably got the early jump. But then the, he's got a cast on his on his wrist and a, a little bit of a broken bone there, but it hasn't stopped him from playing. And then uh, and then uh, you've got uh, Jabari Ruffin, who's also stepped up. On the other side, you've got uh, 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 Scott Starr. If we want to call them a linebacker, they're making them wear wear the uh, their knee braces and, and that the linemen wear, and they're assigning them pretty much exclusively. To the defensive line. So whether we we count Scott Starr and J.R. Tavai or not, when they when they talk about linebackers, they still mention J.R. Tavai as one of those guys. And then uh, uh, you've got Michael Hutchings, uh, who got his wrist kind of flipped back on it. And we're not sure, you know, what what situation he's in uh, after right at the end of practice Saturday. But he would be 
you know, the guy uh, uh, behind Hayes, but Hayes is playing just so well. I mean, I think they're all, they're all improved. I so you're the linebacker coach at USC. You're, you're, you're kind of smiling. Uh, <laughs> I think we were talking with Joe Barry the other day who came up from San Diego. And I said, Joe, I think uh, one of the, one of the things these coaches are finding out is there was probably more talent here than, than they realized or than, then, then you would be able to realize before you got here and, and see it. And he said, no doubt, as he was watching practice uh, Saturday, no doubt, you know, there's a lot of talent there. Yeah, it's funny. I forgot that I was talking to Coach Harvey Hyde about some of the players, the former players that were there. And I forgot to mention Joe Barry, who was also a former player, but, you know, he was a former linebacker coach a couple of years ago. I actually asked him, like, you know, what do you think of Pollard and, and you, you know, some of the guys he recruited, and he kind of rattled off a list of a bunch of the guys that, you know, even before he left, and he hadn't been back on campus since he, he had left. Um, he mentioned with pride, really, all those guys that he recruited, and you can see him doing well now. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and again, the linebackers are playing this well. And we haven't seen, uh, you know, obviously Anthony Thoreau, you know, has just, uh, you know, become a stalwart since he stepped in there last year. Uh, for Lamar Dawson, it's amazing. He just, you know, we, we, he's probably one of those guys we don't talk a lot about. That's another, you know, good sign. He just stepped in and was almost seamlessly. And, uh, you know, you basically were playing with, with him and Hayes. And um, and now you got Lamar, you know, coming back. Lamar's out there every day, still not, uh, you know, he's in uniform, still not quite back in pads yet, but he will be back this summer as well. So, uh, you know, they're, they ought to be able to run to the football, you would think, and, and tackle people. Uh, um, uh, the front seven, uh, pretty impressive group. I mean, when, when, when you hear the coaches say, there's more depth here than, you know, than people think, more, a lot of that is directed at that, uh, at that front seven. There's linebackers and those defensive linemen and, uh, and the fact that, you know, they can rotate and, and really be interchangeable. And, and what a difference that's going to be. Yeah, I think it's going to make a real big deal. We'll see what that front looks like. It's going to be different than last year, but I think, you know, as are more talented and, and with a little more depth. So that'll be, that'll be fun to watch. Um, okay, we got a uh, Twitter question. This is from Yosef uh, B. It's uh, JBI1988 on Twitter. He says, I got a Peristyle question. They think he means Peristyle podcast. Going to my first spring game. Well, congratulations. Uh, what is it like? How is how does it how is it different? And is there a band or a fanfare at the game? So maybe you could talk about what the spring game is like, Dan. I think band and fanfare there have always been that. You know, it's the uh, it's a different band. I guess the uh, the seniors uh, move on, so you've got kind of a three quarters uh, three quarters band. Uh, song girls are usually there. Uh, they do have some sort of a a fan fest. Uh, sometimes I think they've had, you know, some of the, you know, things for the kids to play on in the end zones and other times, um, well, then they have always had the autographs afterwards. So, uh, all of those things, uh, pretty much as to what the spring game's going to be like, I don't think we know. And I don't think the coaches know yet. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be a game as Sark said, not a game. Uh, but he said they want to be able to put on the kind of, uh, you know, display that will give the fans a real sense of this is what this football team is and this is how they're going to, this is who you got and this is how they're going to play. But that's, uh, that's something they're going to be working on this week. That was one of his three objectives for the week. Uh, 
is to figure out exactly what the format of the spring game is going to be. So uh, we'll let you know when we find out or when they uh, when they figure it out. But uh, but we don't know as of yet exactly how they're going to how they're going to do the spring game. They've actually got you know more players uh, almost all the way around, uh, except maybe at a at a tight end spot where they do have enough uh, with walk-ons and what have you. But but then that, that they've had in other years, but I just think they're being more sensible about things this year. And, uh, you know, they're not playing any games uh, until uh, the end of August. So nothing counts till then. So they don't need to, uh, they don't need to play a game, but they need to be able to show people, you know, this is who we are and they need to test this team and see where they are. So, uh, so we'll be interested to see uh, what they come up with. Yeah, it will be interesting. And you mentioned uh, some of his objectives this week. Maybe you want to talk about the other couple objectives he has to, to kind of. Well, I think the uh, uh, one was to uh, uh, get some film on some of the kids. Maybe they haven't, haven't gotten exactly uh, the kind of film that they need. So uh, this would be for information purposes and, and going forward as to, uh, you know, maybe you know they've had they wanted to see somebody doing something else that they're not doing right now and not even sure exactly who those guys would be uh i mean i'd like to see uh uh we haven't gotten to see much eight back kind of stuff you know whether if you're going to be short on tight ends do you uh figure out how to you know get the fullbacks more into in the blocking mode now one of the problems there is you know, uh, Soma, it looks like he's not going to be back this spring. And then uh, with a you know slight knee sprain. And then Jaleel uh, uh, Penner has become, in the absence of a couple of the, Ty Isaac and, and Justin Davis, and with with um, Buck Allen getting his ankle rolled, Jaleel uh, Penner has become a, you know, kind of a big-time running back. The, the good news there is if we don't get to see him block, you do get to see uh, – He's really shown some things in terms of running the football, uh, and you know, Sark said, a, you know, he's a heavy back and he lands forward, and uh, they can have a heck of a heavy package, you know, if they really want, you know, to run, you know, run the run the football in power situations. Uh, they just have a lot of, you know, a lot of big strong kids, but but that would be one of the things. And I think the other thing is maybe some matchups on on guys in terms of of, uh, again, for information purposes, who matches up well, you know, with who. Uh, and um, so I think it's mostly personnel, catching up with uh, personnel things that they wanted to see and maybe haven't gotten around to uh, in the spring. Uh, so that's uh, that's their goal for this week. Is there no goal to name the starting quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just take that for granted. I, I just think he's playing around with us. Yeah. No, I think that, yeah, that, that didn't even make his list of three things to do this week. He's just not even, uh, not even going. Although it was in it, I think there must have been at least six questions about that, you know, and, and it might have been the first six questions, you know. I mean, it's, it's obvious he's not going to, I mean, I always, believe me, I don't ask that question because if he's going to tell us, he doesn't need us to ask the question. He's going to tell us. Right. Uh, he's not going to tell us just because somebody says, uh, oh, he's the quarterback. Oh, yeah. I just, I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, and so he, he, I didn't think, I think by Saturday he was less close to actually saying it. I'm not sure it's, there's any, uh, you know, 
in his own mind, he certainly seems to have indicated that he knows what he's doing. He's just waiting. Uh, according to Cody, they haven't even talked about it. He said the coaches haven't mentioned it to him, haven't said anything about it, haven't, uh, you know, indicated uh, what's going on or, uh, you know, or said, you know, this factors in or that factors in or whatever, at least in their minds, according to them. Uh, there's been no talk, no discussion, and trying to be no thinking. I know Cody's not thinking. He's trying not to think about it because it wasn't a really good experience last year. He won it, and, uh, you know, it turned out he handled it, you know, pretty well. But in his mind, and he looks back at it, he thinks he could have done a lot better had he not been worrying about the quarterback uh, competition. And um, obviously it was a issue that, you know, Lane Kiffin on leaving, the first thing he said was, he screwed that up, and he shouldn't have extended it the way the way he did, and should have made the call sooner, and shouldn't have let it, you know, go on for probably four weeks too long. So, so uh, very little talk except among the media about the uh, the quarterback decision. You know, it was interesting Thursday, Dan. The question came up, and Sarkeesian actually addressed it and was talking about like, you know, I think I'm going to name someone before, you know, the, the spring game. And it, it seemed like it was coming to a head there, like it was going to end. And then when he asked about Saturday, it's almost like he backed off a little bit. Like, I think it happened. Are you going to name him before the spring game? I mean, anything can happen. Maybe not. So it seemed like Thursday he was a little more going in that direction. And then Saturday he almost backed off. Absolutely, exactly the way it happened, and yeah, and like it just was a passing thought almost by by Saturday. So <laughs> uh, you get the sense he's just playing around with it uh, and having fun with it. Uh, that's sort of my take. But uh, but asking that question didn't seem to do any good. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, there's one week left. There's three practices left before we let you go. Just maybe kind of get your thoughts into this last week. What you think? Uh, USC is going to try to accomplish and, and if they can get there and, and, you know, overall, what do you think spring ball was like for USC this year? Uh, I think first of all, no injuries. Uh, I think without a doubt, no injuries and yet get them a sense of, I know the defense, for example, really does want to hit. And uh, I think they're doing a pretty good job of, of going full speed, going the right angles and all the other things you want to do without tackling. Uh, but there are, you know, places where you, you kind of need to be able, uh, you know, to make the, make the whole play. I think this is a team that will run to the football well and tackle well in, in space. Uh, I think they've done some nice uh, adjustments in terms of working with these kids on tackling in space. And, and that was always the, the worry at the pace they practiced that they couldn't get up to game speed uh, no matter how athletic they were. Um, but then you saw last year, for example, um, in the bowl game, just seven practices in 21 days, and they just ran over uh, Fresno State. I mean, they just manhandled them, you know, in space, in, you know, at speed, uh, and they hadn't been doing any tackling, uh, you know, getting ready for the, um, the Las Vegas Bowl. So, there is a way to do it, and I think they've done it uh, well this spring. I think they've also, I mean, they were talking at Ohio State, for example, where they were having trouble running plays. Um, that doesn't seem to be a problem here. I mean, it does seem to be the, the simplifying the terminology and running the reps, you know, the you know, well over 2,000 plays counting walkthroughs has had a you know, terrific uh, 
uh, impact, I think, on uh, on an offense that you know oftentimes was confused and and wasn't really up to speed. Certainly, uh, you know, before Lane left, uh, was seemed to be overly complex and uh, not something that they were were always comfortable with. So. I think that's uh, that solved a lot of the problems uh, that you know you were hoping uh, that you would see solved. So I think, and then I think the combination of the tempo and the amount of uh, conditioning they get, physical and mental, in terms of handling that, and it's not a crazy tempo. I mean, it doesn't look like it's one of those things that just sort of builds through practice every day. I mean, it doesn't look like they're, you know, running from one place to the next place and, and just doing it at this sort of maddening pace. It's just something that builds. That they just keep doing it. I mean, they they don't stop and they do it play after play after play. And I think that's the kind of thing they're building in, kind of a, a sense of, you know, we can do this and we can defend it. We can run it on offense. We can defend it on defense. And uh, and it just becomes kind of second nature. And I think that's the thing that of all the things that's happened in, uh, you know, this, this spring is the fact that it becomes kind of second nature to be able to do this at this, uh, at this tempo and, uh, and not have to stop and, you know, check. And I, you know, okay. The first day they did a silent count. That was a little, a little shaky. Second day they did it. They got, they got better at it, but, I think the, the neat little thing they're doing is when you talk to the coaches about the sign on count, they'll say things like, well, might only do it once or twice during the season, but then also say you're playing Oregon in the championship game. You might need it then. And they're thinking those thoughts. They're putting those thoughts into the kids' heads. You know, this is something that when the time comes, we'll be ready to do it. And the time could come, for example, in the championship game, which is a good thing for the coaches to be telling these kids, we think you could be there and you should be there. And uh, I think the more you hear that kind of talk where the expectations are that that's where you're going to be. So I think from, from all those standpoints and from the fact that there have been no serious injuries in the spring, I think that's been a really, that's been a real plus. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Dan. The, the injury thing has been a, a big deal. So no one lost for the season yet. There's only one week left. We'll see what happens there. So good good stuff. I, you know, Ivan Lewis, hats off to him for doing a great job with the strength and conditioning and getting these guys ready. And then there'll be a, a long off season with the summer workouts. We'll be down there covering all that stuff. But still, one more week of spring football. Should be a lot of fun. This one last week. Yep, looking forward to it. This is. Uh, I think they've gotten a lot done. Uh, I think the uh, what you want is kind of a seamless transition. And I think Sark, uh, to this point, I'm not sure I'm going to agree on morning practices and, uh, and the media situation, but to this point, he's made all the right choices about practice, it seems, and has uh, built on what they did so well after the first five games uh, in the fall. And uh, that's, the, that's the important thing. The thing I think people should understand, I was talking to Joe Barry about this, I said, how many coaches get to come in, new staff, new coach, take over a team that basically was a 12-win team? I mean, come on. The Washington State game, we all know what happened there. 
And then uh, Notre Dame was that just weirdest combination where you got all the injuries at, you know, the receiver positions in one week. And it just, they ended up, you know, not able to get that last, you know, punch it in. But essentially, that was a 12-win team. And now you come in and you're taking over a team that you could say in a lot of ways was, you know, 12-win team. How often does a new staff ever get to do something like that? And that's not the kind of thing that you want to blow up and say, we're starting over. Most new staffs have to start over because there's a reason there's a new staff there. So the very um, one-of-a-kind situation I think USC has here, and I think Sark has recognized that, recognized the kind of you know, determination that, that, that those kids had to will themselves to 10 wins last year and to turn things around. And he's going with that, and he's not – he's trying to build on it, not, you know, tear it down and start over. And I think that's the best thing that we've seen in the, in the spring is the ability to do that. All right, Dan, great stuff. Love uh, talking some USC spring football with you each and every week. We'll keep doing it again next week. And uh, thanks again for coming on the show. Well, I enjoyed it always very much. Uh, it should be a fun week. Yeah, uh, for sure. All right. Well, everyone else, thank you very much for tuning into the Peristyle Podcast. Don't forget, next week we'll have the uh, spring wrap-up show. We're going to try to do another Recruiting Blast podcast, so you can send those questions in at podcast uh, podcast at uscfootball.com. But thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 